Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask that everyone do me a favor, whether you're online or here in the sanctuary. Minister Serena's working hard this morning, y'all. I want you to think on the time when you shouldn't have made it. Think about the time when God shouldn't have graced you. Think about the time when he shouldn't have provided mercy for you. Think about the time when he should have put your sin in public on display. Think on those things. And when you think on those things, those things should, should prompt you to praise God, to bless him. Those things should prompt you to say, thank you, Jesus. God, oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. He is worthy to be praised. God, we just thank you today. God, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for where you brought us from, oh God. We thank you, God, that we don't look the same way that we were 10 years ago. We thank you, God, that we don't look the same way that we were five years ago. We thank you, God, that we're not the same person that we were on last year, oh God. God, we just say thank you. God, we honor you on today. You're Jehovah Rapha, oh God. You're Jehovah Jireh. God, we just say thank you. In John chapter 17, we find Jesus praying for the disciples. He's praying to the Father. And more specifically in chapter 15, or excuse me, verse 15, he says that I don't want you to remove them from this world, but I want you to protect. I pray that you protect them from the evil one. And as Minister Serena was up here on today, I feel like we are allowing the evil one to play with our minds, to play with our emotions, to stunt giving God the praise. And so my prayer is that whatever you're going through on this morning, that know that you're going to be in this world and that God will protect us from the evil one. Let us go to God in prayer. Dear gracious Father, we just come to you, oh God, first of all, acknowledging you for who you are. God, you are our rock. You're our salvation. You're our fortress. You are our strong tower. God, you are the beginning and the end. God, you are alpha and you are omega. So for that, God, we just say thank you. God, we thank you, oh God, for all that you have done in our lives this far. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will protect Protect us from the evil one. God, though we are in this world, we know that trials and tribulations will come. God, so we should not think those things strange when they come. God, when loved ones die, God, we know that we still have to count it all joy. God, when there's sickness in our bodies, oh God, we know that we still have to count it all joy. God, when we are depressed, we know that we still have to count it all joy. God, when some of us are facing surgeries, we know that we still have to count it our joy. God, when we know that our child has gone wayward, we know that we still have to count it all joy. God, when we're worried about our children being at school because of COVID, we know that we still have to count it all joy. God, we know that when there's no food for us to eat, we still have to count it all joy. God, we just thank you this morning. We ask God that we count things all joy. We pray, oh God, that, that we will do a work in us that will bring forth perseverance in us, oh God. God, could protect our minds, God, from the evil one. Help us with distractions. Help us with being consumed in our own problems, in our situations, oh God. Help us this morning, oh God. God, we love you this morning. We ask, God, that you will protect us from the evil one, oh God. God, protect our children when they're at school, God. For some of our children are in quarantine. Some of them have been diagnosed with COVID, oh God. And some of them have, have other sicknesses, oh God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that this sickness is not unto death, oh God. God, we know that someone's going to get COVID. That is good, what's going to happen. But we pray in the name of Jesus that this sickness will not be unto death, oh God. God, protect us from the evil one, oh God. God, protect us, oh God, from the drunk driver when they're on the road, oh God. 
confidence and I pray in the name of Jesus that you will protect us from the evil one oh God God I pray that we're not consumed in our own thoughts God for those that feel like giving up oh God I pray that you will give them strength to endure for the journey God you're so worthy God protects us from the evil one God I pray that we count things all joy count it all joy that we count it all joy though we count it all joy though my body may be hurting on today but God I count it all joy I count it all joy though minister Serena buried her grandfather on yesterday she still can count it all joy though Miss Alvira has been diagnosed with cancer four times she can still count it all joy God we count it all joy we believe your word that it will not return void and that it'll come back to do every single thing that it'll said it'll do God we love you we honor you and we adore you and we ask all of these things in Jesus name we pray Let's prepare for the word on today. I pray that you will open up your ear gates because I know there's a word from God. We lift up Pastor Cole right now. God, I pray that you will speak through him. God, give him what you gave him to say, God. And I pray that he doesn't insert something that is of the flesh. God, continue to cover him, be with him in this hour. And we ask all these things in son Jesus' name. Let us receive Pastor Cole. Praise the Lord, everybody. See, I get to have the pleasure of assisting a pastor that's not here on today because he's trying to take a rest. So if we can honor God for the, the senior pastor, the shepherd of this house, Pastor Keith Babb, as he tries to rest even though I've never seen him rest one day when he says he's trying to rest, he's always doing something. He's probably logged on, um, but we thank God for him and give him these moments in order to hear from you clearly, Lord. We also honor God for first, Minister Serena Babb. Yes, she was lady, but we thank God that she was anointed to be minister before she was anointed to be married. And of course, their family and wishing happy birthday to Caden that turned three years old. That little boy right there is something else. But we thank God for that. And of course, I, I, you know, I always joke around and say, well, I guess I'm the second family. So I thank God, one, of course, for my son uh, and the gift. The gift he is to me. But I couldn't have received that gift if I didn't celebrate a moment that I had on last Monday and you know I'm, I'm a water bag y'all just get over it I guess if you know me by now you know I'm probably gonna cry at least once in service but uh but my wife we've been married for 18 years 18 years and you know I guess the blessing in this and some people might say it's a curse but both, both of our parents were divorced we came from divorced households. We, get, we came from households that they believed in marriage, but something happened. Somebody say a situation. Happened that it caused them to lose faith, but therefore God had planted a seed in both of us that we'll be able to stay in this race. So I thank God and honor my wife even as her prayer. You know, I believe part of it is because of her prayer life. I can't even accept that credit. I believe part of it, and I know 100% of it, is the anointing that we both have on our lives and being led by the Father. If you could stand for me right now, because uh, if you're able to, we're going to go to God in, in prayer. Um, and we're in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. And um, I bothered uh, my, 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 my son, my extra son, Sam, on this morning. And I told him, I said, there's something in my spirit on this morning. And so he, he was playing a little bit of it and because I just couldn't get away from it. And it, it, it simply said, I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. I mean, ha have you ever just woke up with a, I love you, Lord, in your spirit? And, and, and it wasn't because of anything that you had done. 
It wasn't because of what you had in your driveway. It wasn't because of your address. It wasn't even because of healing. But it was because you looked at yourself and you realized you couldn't make it on your own. You realized no matter how much you try to do right, sin always comes. You looked at your whole family history and it looked like another Noah moment. What does that mean? It looked like you couldn't find any good on the earth. That the only answer would be destruction. And so you started to walk down that path. But I thank God for Jesus. That he might come and bridge the gap even when we're still in sin. And so that's why when I see people and they say, well, you know, I would come, but I got to get it right first. There's some things I need to get in my life. I got to line up. There's some things I got to get right before I go before God. And that just helps me to know that they really don't know who God is. Because Jesus came and he loved us first before we even loved him. And he came and he went to the father and said, I'll be the perfect sacrifice. The animals and the doves wouldn't do. The money sacrifice wouldn't work. But it's only a holy and sinless God that could provide the perfect sacrifice. And so that's why, that's why my heart is filled with praise so you should be there Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 25 and it simply says it says therefore brother having boldness somebody say boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest somebody say Jesus over the house of God guess what we need to do let us draw near to a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience didn't I say that that evil was going to run up on you and our bodies washed with pure water Verse 23, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Okay, I guess y'all ain't been in church long enough. I said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. So that means there will be times where you want to waver, but you need to do what? Somebody say, hold on. For he who promised is faithful. Verse 24, it says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works verse 25 not forsaking assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some some people may do it let us not do that because this is the reward that you get from it but exhorting one another and so much more as you see, the day is approaching. I'll read verse 25 one more time. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as in the manner of some. Y'all look around, say somebody's missing. Because if they were here, they could get this. They could get exhorting from you. And so much the more. Because guess what? The day is coming. Guess what? They ain't preaching. On Jesus returning but guess what the day is coming it is approaching us and you can have your seat right now dear Heavenly Father we just thank you that you came on this morning to remind us that fellowshipping is important thank God for minister Serena and the spirit in the house that is connected 
we thank God for Minister Chantel that came to remind us that we need to come in here and looking, approaching, seeking something differently. That it shouldn't have to be a hard work. We thank you right now. There's a purpose of us assembling. And yes, it is to stir up love. And yes, it is to stir up good works. And yes, it is to exhort one another. But your word also says so much the more. So on today, God, help us to realize what that more is. Open up our ear gates. Open up our eye gates. God, at this point, let us push sin aside. Let's put the weight and the burden of life to the side. God, even right now, for the people that are in the building, for every person that is watching online that couldn't make it here, God, and for those that are wavering, God, bring them back. Bring them back. Let your word permeate their heart. Plant a seed that it may grow. And the ground becomes fruitful. In Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God said amen. Amen. And amen again. Yes, I am Pastor Cole. I am not Pastor Keith. I will give you a word that I hope you're going to get. Last time I said I hope you at least catch something. Somebody say catch something. So right now I'm going to throw something out there. How many people love Ikea? Have you ever been to Ikea? Maybe some people know what it is. If you haven't, go ahead and at least go there and get you one of them little dollar yogurts. At least you'll like that. Just spend a dollar. But if you've never been to Ikea, it is a great little store. It's considered a furniture store. It is right here in Tampa. That's where we are right now. If you're watching online from someone else. The first time I went to Ikea, me and my wife and another group, we were probably in there, what, three hours, three and a half hours? I don't even know. Was it six? Jesus help us and so now ask me how much money I spent I was just amazed I went in there and I was amazed by the process in which the store was put together they literally had us in a maze but because the way they have it set up you don't even realize you're in there and in a maze and so they push you upstairs first right and you go upstairs because you don't have an option to do anything downstairs you have to go upstairs and so you get there and they have a whole bunch of little rooms right now I'm going to tell you like this if this was Ikea this would be a 15 bedroom mansion in the sanctuary I'm just going to I ain't going to tell you the truth this would be a 15 bedroom mansion if Ikea had their way because they could turn and cut a corner they you would go into a room displayed that says it is 192 square feet it will have a 15 person couch a 92 inch tv three tables a bar it will have you know the kids area i'm like this is 192 square feet i can work with this and then you look at the price and you're like oh my god it's 300 i can do this i wonder if they got layaway well they don't have layaway but you see the possibility of something and they go and they trick you and you go and you sit down and you go and you sit down. And then as you get halfway through because you didn't realize how long you in there, you're like, ooh, I think I'm hungry or thirsty. What they got? They got a snack bar. So you can sit down and have lunch. They are trying to keep you in the store so you can see the product that they're displaying. And then after that, you get downstairs and what do they do? They trap you again. You're in this maze and you see all the possibilities of what could be. But one of the things you always have to do at Ikea, and here's where it comes. You got to read the description. And there's little things that say on there. And they always say there's some assembly required. Now you see all this great stuff. You're like, oh my God, this is great. I can't believe, how can they offer it for this price? And then you finally get downstairs and you find what you picked out. And you realize that there's nothing put together. There's nothing put... The, the dressers that were so cheap and great and they had 15 drawers you gotta put together every piece you gotta screw together the handle you gotta screw together the front of the drawer, the size of the drawer, the bottom of the drawer, the, everything that you want, there's a price to pay because you have to assemble it and I started to think, is this really some? Couldn't it be a better word than some assembly required? They literally, it's like you are, you're a carpenter at that point. You really behaving like Jesus. You got to put this thing together. And so in order to receive the reward, 
there is some assembly required. You know, my son, he loves Lego, and there's something out here in Winter Haven. They call it Lego Land, and they got all these great displays. They got the mini land where it's Las Vegas and Tampa and San Francisco and all these, all made of Legos. It is something amazing to see. And my son asked the famous question, how did they do that? I said, well, your daddy don't work here, but it says on this sign that it took this many people, this many hours just to build this one piece. There was some assembly required. And so even right now, as we look into scripture and and, and I felt as though this wasn't the appropriate word and it was so crazy because I actually had this word for the church in April where it felt appropriate to preach but then God didn't let that happen and so when I was talking and Pastor Keith came to me and he said uh Pastor Cole I need a day off and I said okay um all right I'll have a word and and I started to write something and God went back to something I had in April and says no Right now is the appropriate time. And I said, Lord, you know, there's, 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 there's a pandemic going on. And it looked like it was getting better, but now it seems as though it's getting worse. There's a new variant come out, and I don't want to be advised against the CDC. And I, and I want to do the right thing, but I have to, one, go by what the Holy Spirit is telling me. And so even though I know that we're in the midst of a pandemic, I also know we have a God that's on the throne. And so in the midst of as I, I tried to minister what God has given me, it, he just kept on reminding me, say, oh, you feel uneasy, but thank God that I put it in scripture in Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. It said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding because my understanding would say this is the wrong time, but I have to acknowledge him. I have to acknowledge him in all my ways. And right now he's directing my path. So he directed my path right back to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 and 25. And it said it just like this. Let us hold fast, do it quickly, the confession of our hope without wavering. What let me to know that, guess what? This will make you be in a moment where you want to waver. For he who has promised is faithful. How many people know that God is faithful? I see Miss, Miss Jackie on, on, online. She says she knows God is faithful. But this is one of those things. If you have wavering faith, sometimes you can forget that he is faithful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is why he put in a contingency plan. How many people know that you need a contingency plan? Sometimes when the plans that you have don't work out, you need to have a plan B. And this is his plan B. He said, let us consider one another. So even when you can't see me, you can see one another. And then this is what happens when you come together. When you come together in my name, there's a couple of things that should happen. You should stir up love. So anytime you come and you come together in God's name, according to the, uh, to the Bible, in the church house, love should be stirred up. Not only should love be stirred up, good works should be stirred up. Not only should good works be stirred up, we shouldn't forsake coming together, even in the midst of a pandemic. It says some will do that, but we're not supposed to be like the world. So what can we do on today? It gave us a real clear clue on one of them. We can exhort each other just to lift each other up. But then the scripture had me confused. It said, so much the more as you see the day is approaching. So what is this more that it's talking about as we assemble together? When we meet, when we come together, when we come to church, when we have Bible study, when we call the saints, when we have those wellness checks, have y'all been checking on people? When we pray for each other, when we high five, when you're out there in the parking lot and you're talking, when you do that fist bump, when you do the hug, when you laugh together, when you cry together, this is assembly. When we eat together, when we serve together, you know what, just, just fill in the blank, you know what you do. Are you lifting each other up? Are you producing the more? You said, what is this more? You know what? Keep it simple. The more of assembling is as easy as ABC. What are the ABCs of assembling as believers? It is so easy. I'm glad you asked. It's simple. Somebody say accountability. accountability. Not only is there accountability, there's a blessing. Somebody say a blessing. blessing. 
And not only is there a blessing, there is communion. Somebody say communion. So with the ABCs of assembling, this is something that is the more that you should be getting every time we assemble is accountability. You should receive a blessing and always be in communion. And so it's simple like this. Accountability. What does accountability look like in the word? The Bible tells us to be accountable with sin. See, church is more than praise and worship. Somebody say it's more than praise and worship. We need that. That helps us to get into the presence of God. 100%. But there should be some accountability involved. What is the use of coming to the church dirty and leaving out filthy? What is the point of coming in with a sin nature and still leaving out the same? This is what it said. Luke 17, 1 and 4. Jesus told the disciples. This is Jesus talking. And then he's talking to his believers, his followers, the one that know him, the one that had been traveling with him. Situations, like we said it earlier, that cause people to lose their faith are certain to arise. Somebody say pandemic. So situations are going to happen. But how horrible it is. How horrible it will be. For the person who causes someone else to lose their faith. So there are going to be things that's going to happen to your mama. It's going to be some things that happen to you. And it may cause you to lose faith. But maybe you're on the other side of it. And you're not helping the situation. How horrible it will be for the person who causes someone else to lose their faith. Verse 2 it says like this. It would be the best for that person to be thrown into the sea. Well, a large stone hung around the neck. You know what? Just go drive your car into the Gulf of Mexico. That's what that is. It's better for you not to block somebody else's faith. Just, just go, just go, just go, just go run it off a cliff. Then the cause, one of the little ones, the ones that are new to the faith, to lose his faith. And then verse 3 does it real fast like this because, you know, I'm a, I, I grew up a teenager in the 90s. It says, so watch yourself. Y'all figure it out. Verse 3 says that. So watch yourself. Y'all get saved all the way. If a believer sins, correct them. That, there's simple instructions. If a believer sins, what do you need to do? I'm going to try it again. If a believer does what? Sins, you, what do you do? And so that's easy. Now, if you're a believer and you see a believer in sin, we're not talking about somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Correct them. And if this person changes, if he changes the way he thinks and acts, forgive him. If he changes, forgive him. If a believer sins, correct him first. And if he changes, forgive him. Real simple. Verse 4, if he wrongs you seven times in a day and comes back to you seven times and says that he is sorry, do what? Forgive him. And you're saying, no, no, wait, hold on. Jesus might have got that one wrong. What about the slapping, the stabbing in the eye, all that? No, we're talking about a believer. We're talking about in a place of repentance, not just your neighbor. This is a believer. This is your brother and your sister in Christ. If they find their way to repentance, it says forgive them. Accountability is not just bringing down your brother and sister in Christ because they lose their faith. Because it says situations will happen. They'll lose it. But to make sure you're not the reason why they lost their faith. Somebody say, and don't answer it, am I the reason why? Are you the reason why someone else lost their faith? Are you the reason why someone else is not in the church house on today? Did someone call you and say, well, are you going? Well, I don't know. You know the pandemic is going on. Well, I don't know. I am a little tired. Well, I don't know. I did have to work yesterday. Well, I don't know. Are you causing someone especially young in their faith, to lose theirs. The Bible says it like this. Watch yourself. And put that in the comment box. You have to watch yourself that you correct the person's actions to the sin if they are a believer. You know what? Accountability pushes you in this place. This is the more of coming to church. It pushes you in a place of correction. Correction leads to repentance, which is the renewing of the mind. You know Romans 12 and 2. You got to change your mind. 
change the way you think. It leads to true repentance. And Jesus says, if they find themselves in true repentance, you must forgive them. Not just forgive them. Forgive them over and over again. And it's like this. Here we go. We're, we're in church. This is what you get when you assemble together. You get Proverbs 27 and 17. Iron sharpens iron. And one man sharpens another. What, what does that look like? People love that scripture, but they don't realize when they're just saying it, iron sharpens and iron. There is an action that has to take place with the sons and daughters of God when we come together. If anybody has ever sharpened anything, I don't know if you've ever sharpened a knife, if you've ever done it. And if you've seen it on TV, there is friction that takes place. That usually when you get a serious person that's sharpening something, they have a grinding wheel and you will even see sparks take place. That is because of friction. And do you know, in order to get all the imperfection, the pits, the nicks, anything that is happening to that blade that it becomes ineffective, you got to do it over and over and over again. In order for it to be effective, you have to keep grinding at the wheel. So the question is, how do you grind when you don't even see the person? If you don't come to church, iron can't sharpen iron. If you, do never, if you never assemble with each other, iron can't sharpen iron. If you never call somebody and pray for them and build a relationship, you can't sharpen them. Because guess what? Eventually, there's going to have to be some friction. Eventually, you're going to have to disagree with some actions. Eventually, you're going to have to say, well, the Bible says. I know what you're doing, but the Bible says. And therefore, they will be effective enough to be in use. Accountability also has a method. It's really simple. Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2, it says, brothers, if anyone is caught up in a transgression, this is what church does. It gives you accountability for your transgressions. You who are spiritual should restore him in the spirit, spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, that scripture had a whole lot in it. First, it said you got to be spiritual. So if you're up there and you're saying that you caught somebody in transgression, were you in transgression too? Or were you in this place that you were in prayer? Did you know they were in transgression because you were right there and you did it with them? But if you're not, if you're the person that is spiritual, this is the way you do it. Restore them in gentleness. Now, we just got done with the summer diet that all of these MITs and ministers kept on teaching on. I think it was MIT. Andre, he talked about gentleness. There's a way that you restore. Now, you know, if you had a delicate piece and you knew it was worth a lot of money, you know, people don't have China no more. You know, my mama had a China cabinet that you keep China in that we never ate on, but it was precious to her. And so when I had to wash it, which I had to do, I had to be gentle with it and the way I did it. And that is the same way that we have to be with our brothers and sisters that are caught up in transgressions. And then not only to do that, watch yourself again that you might not be tempted. They're up there telling you the story about what they're going through. And next thing you know, you find yourself going through it too. And that's why you have to be spiritual. You know, one of the hardest things that people always try to be, they, they come, oh, I think I'm an intercessor. You don't want that life. Because the reality is you have to hear from people and God wakes you up to deal with their transgressions. God wakes you up and shows you something that you're not going through, but now you have to pray for and so now you're bearing each other's burdens. Watch yourself that you don't get caught up and tempted along with them. This is a place where you have to bear each other's burden. But not just do it. Do it in gentleness. And in doing that, the law of Christ will be fulfilled. I, I believe that's part of the reasons a lot of people don't even try to go back to church. A lot of people say, well, I heard what happened to my grandfather. He's been out of church for 70 years. He told me about the time he came in drunk, but no one ever asked him why he was drinking. He, he, he told me about what happened to his sister and what, what this person did to them and what that person did to them. And I was upset and I got arrested, but he never asked me what happened. That wasn't restoring in gentleness. 
We got to restore them gently. Somebody say gently. You know, not only do we have accountability in the ABCs of the more for assembling, we also have a blessing. How many people want a blessing? You know, that's a good, how many people want a blessing? See, you know, people love the blessing, but oh, I want a blessing. Bless me. Bless me indeed. I love it. Bless me. Bless me in my pocket. That's usually where they want the blessing that, but it's more than just money. And see, blessing comes like this. Matthew 18 and 20 simply says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. It's so simple. Why would you come to church? Why would you assemble together and not expect God to be there? Why would you come and put on your clothes and hopefully shower and put on put on your, your makeup? Not me. But, you know, you put yourself into a place where you like try to look like something. And you don't expect to see God in the church house. Where two or three are gathered in my name there, I'll be. The reality is you may have some business partners. You may have your mama and your daddy. They can't figure out what's really going on. Your cousin, your best friend, you told them the situation. But did y'all come together in Jesus' name? Did you come together with the expectation that I don't have the answer, but if we come together and pray about it, Jesus will be there? Do you know the fact that he's just there, that's a blessing. The fact that he comes into the room, no matter where you are, that's a blessing. Do you know that there are times where we are out of the country, where we are out of the city, where we can't reach the people that we're trying to, but we pray with them and Jesus is right there. Somebody say, that's a blessing. blessing. But the, the reality is, sometimes you can't do it by yourself. Somebody say, I need you. No, no, turn to somebody and say, I need you. Like, really, I need you. See, the, the reality is, if you're watching online, you might be by yourself. But if you was in the church house, you could at least turn to somebody and say, I need you. Now, I know there are situations that won't allow you to be here, but some of you are just wavering. See, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. See, I, I can say this because I've been in a place where I've been caught up in bondage. Maybe, maybe it's not what you think. Because you see freedom as one thing and it's not July 4th and it's not none of the situations that people run around with these flags and Trump hats. That's not freedom. That is not what it looks like. Maybe freedom is simply like this. I put my money in a place that I thought was going to give me something. I thought it was going to be a good return. Come on, Pastor Keith, just talk about sowing seed. And it wasn't just, it's a lot of different seeds you can sow. And it can lead you into bondage. You know what? I need the spirit of the Lord to come in and then I'll find freedom. Maybe it was a relationship. You know what? I've done the, the business deal, but I also had a bad relationship. Why is this person running after my car? Why are they throwing things at me? Well, it was because I didn't seek the Lord for that relationship. And so therefore I was caught in bondage. The problem was I, I was seeking after the music, you know, uh, I was, wasn't really listening. I was just hearing that, you know, you can't trust a big, you know, something and a smile. And, but I didn't realize the person was poison to me. It had left me in a place of bondage. But I thank God, oh, I thank God that somebody prayed with me. And therefore, Jesus came in and I became free. Maybe it is the reality of, I don't care if it was an hour in jail or 10 years, when you get out, there is a blessing in being what? I'm sorry, I don't care. I don't care if it's just a little while. When they shut that door and they lock that. The day you walk out. It's a blessing just to be what? See what I'm saying? You got to be in this place where you're free and you can thank God for that. 
And so here it is. I, I, I use this reference all the time, Psalms 133, and people can misquote it because they can miss the whole scripture. You know, I, we talk about unity being the place of the commanded blessing, but it really says it like this. There is some statutes to that account on blessing. That unity. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And then they skip down to the bottom. Lord commanded the, black, the, the, the blessing. Well, there's more. That's just verse one. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. Verse two. It is like precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the Mount of Zion. For the Lord commanded the blessing and life forevermore. What does all of that mean? Well, it's really simple. If we look into the verse and you do a little bit of Bible study, read your lesson, find out who some of these people are. Well, first of all, oil. Oil in the Bible represents the anointing. Somebody say the anointing. And Aaron represents the high priest. Somebody say the high priest. And then his garments means that there's connection right there. Somebody say connection. And then we have the dew. The dew represents the water that makes the ground fertile. Somebody say fertile. So what happens is when you have the anointing, you have a high priest, you have connection, and you have the water that makes the ground fertile. Somebody say, I'm blessed. So guess where you can find all those things at? assembling in the house of God we have the anointing we have the person that represents the high priest we have the connection through the people and guess what this atmosphere through praise becomes fruitful and therefore we can be in the place of a commanded blessing when you go and you meet with your prayer partner are you looking for the anointing when you go and you try to strike up a business deal and you want to be blessed by it, are you looking for the anointing? Is there someone that's walking in right standing that's leading what's going on? Do you really have a connection? Don't just get into a deal with someone you don't know. And then you should be able, before anything happens, to see some fruit coming out of it. And there, in that place... In that time, you will see the commanded blessing. So, yes, there can be a blessing, but there also needs to be an anointing. Yes, there can be a blessing, but you also need to have a person serving as a worker of God. And yes, there needs to be a blessing, but you got to be connected and it has to be a fruitful ground. That whole entire chapter talks about it, but it can't be a blessing if you don't have all the pieces so, yes, there's accountability in the blessing and, and accountability in coming together. And yes, there's a blessing. But last but not least, there is communion. And this is the most important one. If we're going to assemble together, we wise well commune together. What is the point of coming and just having regular communion? Because I can have communion with someone that doesn't know Christ. I can share thoughts and ideas on a mental level and some people even say on a spiritual level but there's something different when you start to talk about the blood of Jesus. And you know, yes, this is the last point and maybe it's good but here's what really happens. When we talk about the Lord's Supper and sometimes we rush into it, this is what it does. It puts all of us on a level playing field. It does. Romans 3 and 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means Pastor Keith, me, all the ministers, the mothers, the, the deacons, the, the ushers. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory. And communion helps us to realize that. And guess what? God is so faithful. He, he pays us for it. Romans 6 and 23 says we get wages for it. The wages of sin is death. Somebody say, I don't want it. Don't want it. But guess what? That is our payment. But he also gives us a gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We deserve death but when we come together when we assemble together then we find communion somebody say find communion. find communion 
And it's simply like this, and I'm done right now. Matthew 26, verses 26 and 29, it says it like this. Now, as they were eating, you guys heard this. They took bread, and after that, they broke it, and they gave it to the disciples. That means Jesus came on purpose, and he brought all the believers together. They assembled for a moment like this. They thought it was just dinner, but he knew there was more to it. He knew what was about to come. He knew this communion was about to turn holy. And he said it like this, take, take this bread after I've blessed it and after I've broke it. I want you to take and eat this. This is my body. We have to share in this suffering together because what happens? Together we're also overjoyed with the rejoicing and his revelation when it comes out. So we're eating of this body. And then he also, in like manner, he took that cup. And after he had given thanks, he said to him, drink it. Drink all of you, drink of it. Well, yeah, on today and of course pandemic and before pandemic, we all have separate cups. But he wanted you to know it was only one blood, one cup, and everybody had to drink of it. And he said, this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. That is the whole point of it. The reason why we come together. Forgiveness of sin. Verse 29 says it like this. I'll tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink of it new in my father's kingdom. He just guaranteed that we could be with him again in heaven. So when we come together and when we're communing together, the expectation should be that eventually we'll see each other again in heaven. So on today, even right now, do you have the expectation of accountability when you walked in the door today? Or did you just come to church out of ritual? Did you have the expectation of a blessing when you walked in the door today? Or were you just coming because your wife told you to come? Did you have, more importantly, the expectation of communion? To come together and remember that we're all on the same level playing field. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory. And not only that, there's a payment for it. It's death. But we're so glad that God didn't leave us there. He gave us the gift of life through Jesus Christ. Communion. Communion. Yes, we share in his suffering. But we're overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Because the day is approaching. Hebrews 10 already said it. It's coming. It is coming when the people come together for one purpose, to exalt the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe the more is talking about accountability. There's a blessing and there's a communion. There's just simple ABCs. Don't forget that. Even as you come and you worship with somebody on this week, that, that is my assignment for you on this week. Find somebody to be accountable to. Find someone that feels like they're out. Tell them what the real blessing is. The fact that Jesus is even there. When we, when we pray together, he's here. When we call on his name and he's in the midst, there's freedom. We're free. That is a blessing. And more importantly, communion. Maybe you need to break bread with somebody on this week. Be safe. Pray about it. Seek the Lord. But maybe you're online or listening to this and maybe it's not even Sunday and you realize that you haven't been coming to church with because there was no expectation. But line up your life that you are expecting something. Because remember, we deserve death. But he gave us the gift of eternal life. So th- this is what I want you to do. If, if, if you're in the building... And I don't need you to say for what reason or, or what it is or what you're struggling with. But if you can stand, if there's been anything that you struggle, whether it's been accountability, you not seeing the blessing in it, or if you just didn't come to church looking for communion, whatever it is, I just want to pray with you. If you could stand and just whatever your situation, maybe your faith is wavering because the Bible says situations will come that will make you waver. That's real. How do I know it? Because the Bible also says all have sinned 
So if it's for me, I know it's for you. Whoever it may be. Maybe there's someone in your life that you're like, oh man, I wish they could have been here. They would have saw the blessing in simply being free. They would have known I wasn't trying to tear them down, but maybe I didn't approach them with gentleness. God, help me that I can restore my brother and sister in gentleness. God, in nothing else, God, I, I, I don't know. I just want to commune with you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word that has went forth. God, we're going to not forsake the fellowship. We're going we're gonna to realize that there is some assembly required. We have to come and that the people of God can help us get back to you. God, we're going to figure out at least two or three, at least two or three that we can call on and you'll be there. At least two or three. God, show us. Show us who we need to call. Show us who we need to break bread with that we may commune with. Show us. Show us who we need. God, we understand we've been living with the spirit of an island. That we've been all by ourselves. That we've been hurt. That a situation came and we had to say, I can do it on my own. That we came and we said, I do better by myself and yes the situation messed us up but the spirit kept us away from you so God right now let us come back to you we can't do it on our own God show us who you appointed for a moment like this to bring us back into the assembly whether it be in the church house God and we know it we know there is something different when you walk into the house of the Lord that we're able to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, entering into his courts with praise, coming and seeking after your spirit even on today. Touch our hearts and our situations that we might not be able to waver. God, even send the person back to us to restore us in gentleness. We thank you right now, God, for whoever you appointed. Whoever. God, let them be spiritual though. Don't let them be caught up in transgressions. Don't let them be in the place of temptation when we speak. You appoint them, God. And we thank you even right now in Jesus' name for the expectation of accountability, the expectation of a blessing, and the expectation of communion on today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.